Dafyemi Daflamid Tes Aleph 39A. Learning is Leila Mishmas. Yitzchak Sviben Chaim Yosef. And Shamsh have an aliyah from our learning. And we are continuing on with the Dafyemi. Um, the Gemara started not a new sugya, not a new topic, but a new Mishnah on the bottom of Lamed Ches Amid Beis. And we saw different rules of cooking, and we'll see some chumras and some kulas. So we mentioned in the Mishnah that one may not heat up an egg. Well, heat up, I don't want to say the word heat up. The word the Mishnah used was gilt megalgel, which the Gemara's said, what does that mean? Um, and what is it exactly? And we, so we, uh, it said that it, some form of cooking, some form of cooking, and in fact, it's considered an Isidur Raisa, not just an Isidur Abonan, but it's a real, it's a, it's a hardcore. It's an Isidur Raisa. Um, says the Gemara. Kol Shabbat, uh, on the top, Afanan Nami Tanina, the top line of Lama Tessam and Alf, 39a. Kol Shabbat, B'chamin Mufnei HaShabbos. Whatever was already in being heated up from before Shabbos, or had been heated up from before Shabbos, it was fully cooked already. Says the Mishnah, you can leave it soaking in hot water. So chamen, yes, in this context, refers to hot water. It's an item which is already fully cooked before Shabbos. You can leave it soaking in hot water to stay hot on Shabbos. Um, that's, it goes for any food. But if it was not, on a heat source, or cooked in a heat source from before Shabbos. So what would be my solution to, if I want to make it hot on Shabbos and it's not fully cooked, I still have a solution. It won't achieve the desired result of fully cooking the food like a fire will, but here's what I can do, says the Gemara, third line down. I'm allowed to pour hot water onto it on Shabbos, and that will actually have some sort of cooking effect. Rashi um, explains not, that specifically pouring, but not soaking, as this is not considered bishal, even though it will make the food more edible. Tysus, um Tysus, says this is a problem because you're really, uh, you're really actually, you're, you're, you're cooking over here, regardless of whether you're pouring or soaking. And Tysus quotes uh, Rabbeinu Tam that we're talking about a cliché over here. And if you look on the second, well, it's really the first Dibra Maska, about 10 lines down in Tysus. Tysus, Rabbeinu Tam, the Mepharish, the Iroi Havei Kekli Rishain, that pouring is the same as cooking. So what's the hatter over here to pour hot water on a food which is not fully cooked? We're talking about a klisheni. So you take hot water from your hot water urn, put it in another cup, and then you can slowly pour it over 
uncooked food and whatever cooking gets accomplished will be permissible. Okay, but Rashi learns that it actually means from a kettle directly. Or at least he doesn't tell us that it has to be a cliche. So the, your solution would be to pour hot water on it. Now there's some rules that even in a cliche, some food, which even in a cliche, we say you cannot do this type of uh, thing, which are what? Chutzman hamaliach yashan, salted foods or salted, uh, salted foods. Our, um, our Gemara doesn't say dug. Rashi's girsa is dug maloach, salted fish which is, I believe, the halacha in every instance. Um, other types of uh, salted fish, Rashi says, which would be a tuna fish. So it's apparently that's considered very quick to cook, and therefore even by just pouring hot water on those items, it would make, it would, it would uh, cook it, and there you don't have the hetter to say that just pouring hot water it, from, well, let's say according to Rashi, certainly just pouring hot water you, you, is not the actual cooking because in fact it is. Um, so you, you, can't, uh, you can't even pour hot water on these items as a solution. So that's important to remember for other forms as well of cooking on Shabbos, which are perhaps, um, which are perhaps le- less, uh, less of a real form of cooking. However, if it's a food, which is what we call kale habishal, where it's light and it's easy to get cooked, even a klisheni, which is typically mutter, will be a problem to cook on Shabbos. And that's exactly what our Gemara just taught us, that things which are easy to cook, which we call kale habishol, will end up being forbidden even in a cliche. says the Gemara, v'layafkiyena b'sudaren. A quote from our Mishnah, you cannot wrap the egg in wrappings and clothing in order, or a towel in order to keep it hot. Did we not learn that in fact, you're allowed to put food in a pit or water that's uh, in, inside a clee which is enveloped by other waters in order for um, in order for it to heat up so it's explicit in this brisa or um, in this it seems like it's a mishnah on kufman babam base it's explicitly allowed that you're allowed, that you are allowed to warm things up now the way it's going to be heated up over there. Um, You're allowed to put items which are cold in the sun in order for them to heat up on Shabbos. So it's clearly permissible. So the same thing should apply when you take an egg, wrap it up in a 
blanket or a towel in order for it to be insulated, and then put that item in the sun so it'll really heat up quickly. So, uh, it must be that that is like Rabbi Yaisi from our Mishnah. Rabbi Yaisi back on Lamad Chesamad Beis was more lenient when it came to cooking in the sun. Rabbi Yaisi Matir. We understand now the machlokes of our Mishnah that the time of Hama holds cooking in the sun is forbidden, and Rabbi Yaisi allows it. It's preposterous to say that the Chachamim of our Mishnah were stringent and did not allow you allow you to cook in the sun. You don't have a source. You don't have a Ma'armakam uh, to tell you that anybody could hold that you're not allowed to use the heat of the sun to cook on Shabbos. It is permissible. Rather, it is permitted. It says, Nachman, uh, they told us if you use an item that was warmed up by the sun, such as a metal uh, pipe, as we mentioned in the Mishnah, if you used a, a metal item which was heated up from somewhere else, that everybody learns that's called a tolda of or that's a tolda of the of the fire, that's, it can't be a machlaikas either. That's everybody agrees. Rabbi Yaisi says it will be Asa. So where was the dispute between the Chacham and Rabbi Yaisi? They told us a Chama by uh, something which was heated up by the sun and it's called a Tolda of, of the heat of the sun. So sun, direct sun, heat from the sun, if you have a way of heating something up in the sun directly, uh, that's permitted on Shabbos, no, no question about it. So let's say you're, you're eating your Suda outside and it's a very bright, hot, sunny day and you wanna leave your food on the table where they'll get warmed up by the sun, that nobody objects on Shabbos, that's mutter, no problem. To put it in a cup, which is the cup itself was heated up by, uh, by the cup itself was heated up by a fire and uh, you want to wrap up your food in it, that everybody agrees would be forbidden because that's cooking by a tolda of fire. However, where you put your food into something which is heated up by the sun, such as a metal pipe or a metal dish that was heated up by the sun and then you want to put food, food into it, that's where you have a dispute between Rabbi Yaisi and the Chachamim. That that's where the uh, Rabbi Yaisi is lenient. Says the Gemara, Marsava Gazrin told us a Chamba to tell Zara Marsava Gazrin. And the question of whether you will be Geyser or not. I believe one of the questions, practical questions that comes into this, Rabbi Belsky has a chuba permitting uh, these meals, like these instant ready meals that are not refrigerated. Um, and I think the, uh, the way it works is some sort of sand or some sort of uh, gas, like the, you, you shake it and it releases heat and it heats up the metal container, which heats up the food. And I believe he considers that to be a toldos of ore, of, uh, which Rebiesi allows, and uh, a toldos of chama, which Rebiesi allows because it's not coming from uh, gas heat, it's coming from 
other forms of heat, he considers that to be like a, a chemical heat, to be more like the sun. If I remember. And he, said, he says it's mutter? I have the safer. Um, I think it's here, not at the kettle, and he has a chuva on it allowing it. Wow. it to cook it or to warm it up? Not, well, I think those meals are fully cooked. Uh-huh, so it's to warm it. But, uh-huh. but still, still, it's still. Still, uh, it's, it's like some kind of chemical reaction. And he says, chemical reaction is not fire. Chemical reaction is like the sun. And we see here, he allows it, even by told us, Achama. I, I, I have to look at it to remember. It's been a few years, but I remember it comes from, it's relevant to this Gemara. It says the Gemara by the two dots, middle of Lama, Tesam and Aleph, who said you cannot wrap, you may not wrap this egg or something that you want to cook in sand um, as the sand will insulate it. Now, insulating is not the problem. The question is, what were, that's only a Drabanan, what were Chacham afraid of by allowing you to wrap up a, an egg in sand? In fact, the Gemara starts off by asking, why does Rabbi Yaisi seem to all of a sudden become from the Mahmirim camp, from the stringent ones, why isn't he lenient with this as well? We understand why Rabbi Yaisi is actually not lenient when it comes to sand. When it came to the first case, by, put, by wrapping it up in a cloth that Rebbeisi was lenient, but not by sand. Why not? Rabbi says to wrap up an item in sand would be the ultimate mikshal. Uh, you would be causing people to then come to do hatmana with hot ashes. And that is exactly what the whole reason why we don't allow you to wrap things up on Shabbos is because when you take hot ashes and you move them around and you put food in them, you end up causing the embers to stir and stirring up the fire. And therefore, even though Rabbi Yaisi was lenient with insulating a food item that was cooked in a handkerchief, but in things which are really resemble a coal that may, and you may come to stir up, use hot coals or ashes, he does not allow, and sand is in that category. Rabbi Yisuf says, in fact, the problem isn't that you'll come to be mixed up, but rather we're afraid you're going to dig in the, the dirt in order to put the food inside the dirt on, on Shabbos, and that will be a problem of chayrish or some other malacha of digging inside the dirt on, and making a hole in the dirt on Shabbos. Uh, Rashi says, because um, Rashi says, you're digging a hole on Shabbos, which is forbidden. Taisa says, the third Taisa's down, Taisa, of course, does not agree with that, but rather he says uh, that the problem is, is, there's all types of reasons why that wouldn't be an issue over here, but rather you have to say the problem is that it's muktza, the dirt would be muktza, not that you're digging a hole. Uh, either way, it's forbidden. 
my Benayu, what's the machlekes between Rabbi, what's the ramification of the dispute between Rabbi and Rabbi Yisif? If you have prepared hot, if you have prepared sand that's not in the ground, according to the first opinion, there's no problem because you're not, uh, you're not, you're, you're not digging in the ground for it. You have a pile of dirt that's prepared. But if you, uh, but if you say it's because of, uh, so, so uh, but rather if it's because, the reason is because of Mukta, then it would be, uh, sorry, the contrary. If you have loose dirt where you don't need to dig, so then you're not making, you're not making a hole, but you would be, uh, but the dirt would still be a problem, even though it's loose. Um, so I'm not worried about uh, making the hole, but I am worried about the fact that it would be Moksa. And Mesvei, Rukshim Gamliel will ask a contradiction. Rukshim Gamliel taught us, Megalgon Beitzal Gabe Gag, Reteach, the Ain Megalgon Beitzal Gabe Sir Reteach. Rukshim Gamliel came along and taught us that in the case where you have a roof. Now, a roof is a very good place to cook things by the sun because it tends to get heated up tremendously by the sun. So according to Reb Gamliel, you can roast an egg that we mentioned now, Mishnah, on the hot roof, and the roofing material itself is like your uh, griddle, and it gets very hot, and you can cook the egg on it on Shabbos. But not on the sid. What is the sid? The sid is the uh, I, I thought sid is like um, like a tar, which so I don't, which is old, but it seems like it has to be something. It's a lime, hot lime. Lime, okay, hot lime. And that Rashi says, "Do told us are that's in fact that's the same as putting it in a pot made out of uh, earthenware. That's not like leaving it in the sun, and that would already be a problem." If you tell me, like the first opinion, like that the whole reason why we forbid placing an egg into sand on Shabbos, now Mishnah, is because maybe you'll come to conceal it in an item like a roymates, which is a hot ashes, like a lamigza. I understand why here he was lenient when it came to the roof, because there's no, uh, there's no, it's not similar at all to ashes. If you tell me the problem is because you're moving the dirt, which is according to, uh, sorry, that's according to Rabbi Yasef. Rab is the first opinion, Rabbi Yasef is the second opinion. Why won't you say as well, that maybe on the roof, which the material of the roof is similar to the material of the sand. And if you're going to come to allow uh, to allow cooking an egg on the roof, you're going to end up permitting one to move this dirt on Shabbos in order to do hatmana, and that would either be a problem, like Rashi said, of making holes, or that would be a problem, like Taisa says, of mukta. You're comparing roofs to floors or apples to oranges. A roof typically doesn't have loose dirt that you would actually do hatmana. With dirt, it's a t- different scenario altogether, and therefore we wouldn't make such a gezerah on it. 
but we're only worried about places where there's sand or dirt, and you're going to come to dig and put the egg inside, enveloped by that dirt or sand. A roof, maybe the material originally was dirt, maybe it's a thatched roof, I don't know, but right now it's not loose, and therefore it's not similar. You're not going to come to make holes, etc. Tashima. What about the story in our Mishnah where the people in, in Tiberia used to put a pipe that went through the ground and they would let the pipe bring cold water from the stream and it would get warmed up inside the pipe and the uh, Chacham told them not to do it because the pipe gets heated up by the sun, and that's already considered forbidden. If you tell me that it's because of the heat, the heating things up, that you may come to do hatmana, you come to make, you may come to wrap things up with an item which actually is fire itself, and we don't want you to stoke coals on Shabbos. So then I understand why the pipe should be forbidden, because the, you're saying you're heating something up with a uh, Utensil which gets heated from the sun, which adds heat to it. If you tell me the reason why we didn't allow you to wrap up food on Shabbos is because maybe you'll use it dirt and we don't want you to dig in the dirt. What's the comparison to this case of the sea loan of the pipe? There's no heat involved whatsoever. There's no concern that we're going to use heat whatsoever, says the Gemara. That story is totally unconnected to the din of Hatmana in the, in the uh, Sefer. So now you're coming to a very interesting interpretation of our Mishnah back on Lamed Chassam base. The Mishnah started off talking about putting an egg next to a fire in order for it to get cooked on Shabbos. Then we interrupted with the halachas of Hatmana, of burying things in sand, etc., and insulating and covering. And then the Gemara brought a story, and now you tell me that story, in fact, belonged at an earlier place in the Mishnah, because the story is actually teaching you halachas with regards to the, uh, to the first halacha of the Mishnah and not to the laws of Hatmana at all. That the Rabban said to Rabbi Yaisi, the Anshi Tveria, the Taldas Chamahu Ba'asu Rabbanan. And they, that, that the, the story was brought as a question in Rabbi Yaisi, that Rabbi Yaisi said he has no problem of using a, a kerchief or a baguette or clothing to insulate the food on Shabbos while it's cooking next to a pot, because that's already the, the that's already to be considered too far removed. And they argued with him, and they said that, in fact, that when in Tiberia, the pipe, which used to carry the, pipe, the cold water, was heated up by the sun, and by, by a natural spring. And even that, the Chacham had a problem with. So certainly, wrapping up an egg in a kerchief will be a problem. And what did he answer back? Who told us, Arhu, the Chalfiya Pischa de Gehenim? Rabbi Yaisi uh, uh, said, said to them, don't mix it in my business. I'm still going to be lenient when it comes to wrapping food in a clothing. 
And the fact that you're bringing me a proof that the Chacham would frown upon it from that case where the water was heated up by a pipe, that pipe was heated up from the opening of Gehenna. And that's why where the source of heat uh, comes from. And uh, that's the case is entirely different. Um, what does it make? What does it make a difference? The Cholfia Pischa the Gehenim that the heat from that spring of Tiberia came from uh, from the earth from the opening of Gehenim. I think what he meant to say is that's Esh Mamash. That's like putting cold water directly on the fire of Gehenim. It's just a little hard for me to relate that we know that he knew such a. In his mind, it looked like it was on the fire. That, that spring was just hot water heated up on the fire. So you put cold water into a pot of hot water. So, of course, the Chacham told you, you can't do it. Whereas my case is all you're doing is wrapping up an egg in a handkerchief, which is heated up by, uh, by a pot or by the sun. That would not be, a, by the sun, that would not be the problem. If that natural spring was heated up by the sun, that would be fine. But there was an actual fire somewhere deep down in the earth. Amrev Chizda says the Gemara on the bottom line, Amrev Chizda, Maisa Sha'asu, Anshi Tveria, Ba'asu, Luhu Rabbanon, Batla Hatmana, Bedaber, Hamaisif, Hebel, Vafilim, Baidyai. So Rav Chizda comes and teaches us a halacha that the fact that the people of Tveria were forbidden from using the water in the pipe teaches us that you may not even do it you may not even do hatmana, you cannot even put water inside a, a wrapping, inside some sort of insulated vessel where there's heat being added to it on Shabbos, even Erev Shabbos. So if you were to put a, uh, even Erev Shabbos, Amar Ula halacha ka'an Ula said, in fact, that is the halacha that like our Mishnah and not like Rav Chizda's rule. So again, Rav Chizda said, the, we follow the Rabbanan and we see that you're not allowed to wrap anything, in a, any, any food item in, a, in where there will be additional heat added. So you can wrap uh, food in a towel before Shabbos, no problem. But if you're gonna leave it on the heat source, we're afraid you're gonna somehow either because we're afraid you're going to dig earth or we're afraid you're going to use an actual coal to do hatmana with it, and that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, and therefore we forbid any type of, any incident, any instance where the food is fully wrapped up in a garment or anything, doesn't matter. If it's on a heat source or it's wrapped up with items which provide heat, it's forbidden, even Me'er of Shabbos. I assume because we, we knew that the pipe was there, in the case of Tiberia, the pipe was there from before Shabbos, and still the Chacham, uh, yeah, the pipe was there the, the whole week, and still the Chacham said that any water that's in that pipe, since it's on the fire, so to speak, it's, it's on the fire of Gehenim, but it's on the fire, therefore you may not put, use hot water from that pipe on Shabbos. So that would mean for us, let's say, if you had a food which you fully covered without leaving any space open and you put it on top of the bluff, um, even before Shabbos, that would, so that would, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a good case, but 
if you put it on a clearition on an uncovered fire, that would be a problem, even if it was fully cooked, even if you put it there before Shabbos. Um, I think the classic case where that comes in is that people take a challah, which is a fear, so it's different than bishul, so it's always considered mitzamak v'yafale, which we learned about. So you have a more stringent uh, ruling when it comes to bread and baked items over cooked items. To wrap it up in foil and put it on top of the blech before Shabbos, so that would be this case. That would be considered like this case. And I think many people are stringent to leave part of the challah uncovered that it shouldn't fall into the category of atmana. I don't want to get totally into halacha l'maisa, just worth mentioning. A practical case that fits this. Amar Ula, halacha kanchei tveria. Ula says, no, actually the chacham is not, the halacha is not like the rabbis who told them off, but rather the halacha is like the people of Tveria, who if you put the pipe there before Shabbos, it's permitted. Rav Nachum came along and said, Rav Chizda says that the, you listen to the Chacham of Tveria. Ula says the people of Tveria were right. And I'm t- here to tell you that even the people of Tveria already broke their pipe. They changed their hot water system on Shabbos. And therefore, we know that the halacha is like the chachamim, that you can't uh, do it. It's a little bit of a pella to me that Ula says uh, the halacha is like the people and not like the chachamim. Um, that if it's from there before Shabbos, you, it's okay. You can use an item which is fully covered on the heat source on Shabbos. How could Ula say the halacha is like the people and not like the chachamim when the mission records that the chachamim rebuked them? That's, that's, uh, it's just a pella to me. Unless you say that the people of Tveria were not just regular people and they had their Messiah. So all of a sudden, a new rabbi comes to town, tells them differently, doesn't change their Messiah. I'm not sure what, uh, I don't have a pshat. And how could Ula say the halacha is like the people and not like the chachamim of Tveria. Says the Gemara, now if you remember back in the Mishnah, we said that the story, what would they use this water? They used the water for washing and for uh, the Chacham told them that either way you cannot use this water for uh, if it's Shabbos, you can't use it for washing or for drinking. And if it's on Yom Tif, you can use it for drinking, but you can't use the water for washing. Says the Gemara, my rechitza. What type of washing are we talking? What type of showers? This is actually very, uh, very in Yana de Yaima because uh, everybody was busy. Three day Yamtif, they want to take a shower, second day, another Yamtif is coming up. So, what type of washing would be permitted with this? When they're telling you you can't use this hot water for it? is called Gufoi. If you're telling me that they were telling them you can't take a full bath or shower with this water. You tell me that if I have a boiler, a hot water boiler, where the water is, remains hot the next morning inside the boiler, it's insulated and it remains hot and it was heated before Shabbos, I would be able to take a full bath with that hot water. But Tanya, did we not learn the Braitha? In fact, you may not wash your entire body with hot water on Shabbos. It has to be that this that the Chacham told him you can't use the water to wash yourself is referring to your face, your hands, and your feet, which you're allowed to wash on Shabbos. 
Eimaseifa. However, what did the Chacham tell them with regards to Yamtiv? Yamtiv kecham shochmu. They told him that you're only allowed to use this hot water, which is heated up in the pipe, on yom, even on Yamtiv for drinking only and not for washing. How could you not use it for washing your hands and feet? It must be that the Mishnah comes out in the opinion of Beshamai. When it comes to leniencies for cooking on Yamtif. So Bishamai says, even though you're allowed to wash with hot water on Shabbos, you're not allowed to uh, on Yamtif, your hands, your feet, your face, etc., you're not allowed to heat up water for any purpose besides for drinking. And if it's right for drinking, if you're able to drink it, then you can use it for washing your hands and feet, etc. But otherwise, uh, but according to Base Hillel, it would be permitted even just to heat it up, just to wash your hands and feet. So then this Mishnah, our Mishnah is only going to be in according to the opinion of Beis Shammai, which is a very big Chiddush to say that a Stam Mishnah is not a Libi de Hilchasa, that it's going according to Beis Shammai. Rabbi Ikebar came up with the following resolution. We're talking about where you're going to Take a shower and pour uh, pour it on your whole body. And our time of our Mishnah can get away with this because he doesn't have to hold like Rabbi Meir. Rather, he can hold like Rabbi Shimon. There is an opinion of Rabbi Shimon that allows you to take a hot a hot shower on Shabbos. That's uh, why a lot of people name their kids after Rabbi Shimon. Now. Um, the Shimon was Mako. Don't get so excited. says, in fact, this that we said that it's mutter according to every according to everybody is not with a kli, but rather with it on the ground. Um, what does that mean? that it's in the ground. So I guess if you have a puddle and it's filled with hot water, that, uh, that everybody would agree would be permissible. Says the Gemara, the Gemara says that can't be because the story in Tiberia was in fact talking about in the ground. That's where they put the pipe and still the Chacham rebuked them. It must be that even Reb Shimon, who you wanted to say is lenient, is only if it's in the ground. If you have like a bathtub or a swimming pool or something hot in the ground, that's where they even, they even entertained a more lenient opinion. But if it's in with a shower or a bathtub, which is not in the ground, everybody agrees that's forbidden on Shabbos to bathe with hot water. Amrab, even though it was heated up from before shops. Amrab, Babachan, Amrab, Yechanan, Halacha, Reb Yehuda. Furthermore, don't get too excited about Reb Shimon's leniency because the Halacha is like Reb Yehuda, uh, that cold water is permitted, hot water is forbidden. Amrab, Reb Yosef. Now, Reb Yosef came along and wanted to know a little bit more uh, details about this. Beferish, Shmielach, and Miklala, Shmielach. 
did you actually hear that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda explicitly? Or did you see a story or hear of a story and you were able to infer from there? My klala, what would have been the story? We have a general rule, and this I think a lot of people actually, I don't know if they realize it, but they probably do follow this logic in real life, that whenever you have three opinions, um, whenever you have three opinions, so if you have two opinions and the third opinion comes, to uh, like an in-between opinion that he agrees with some and he, and uh, and he, what the Gemara says, he's machria, you follow the machria, you follow the hachra. Um, you don't go to either extreme, but you follow the medium opinion. So to over here, if you have Rabbi Meir says that it's forbidden, Rabbi Shimon says that it's mutter, and Rabbi Huda says, that it depends, that, that, that and Rabbi Huda says that it's also with hot water. So we see he's the mediating opinion. He's the third opinion, and still he's stringent in one area, and that is when it comes to the hot water, even though he's lenient with the cold water. So therefore, the halach is going to be like Rabbi Yehuda, because he is the mediating opinion. And in all cases, the halacha is like that third mediating opinion, except for the case of Toma and Tahira by Matalonia's by small garments, where it's a machlekas, what you can do with it. Over there, we said that Rabbi Akiva is the mediating opinion, and yet still we don't follow this of Rabbi Akiva, and this we had not too long ago, right? In that case is different. Why don't we follow Rabbi Akiva, even though he is the mediating opinion? Because Rabbi Akiva was a student of I guess he was a student of Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Akiva himself, says the Gemara on the top of Memo Menalev, went back on his own opinion and agreed with the Rabbi Yeshua. Okay. Uh, so the Gemara at this point still wants to know, if you learn, did you hear explicitly the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, and not like Rabbi Shimon? Or are you taking this from the general rule that whenever you have three opinions and the third opinion is a mediating opinion where he seems to agree in some cases and disagree in others, you're going to follow that third opinion.